Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Uh, welcome to uh, UP this week. This is a weird voice, me me introducing everybody. But um, Darth is ill and uh, Dan is where Dan is and Gags is a lazy bastard. So uh, we've got Barts and Hamza with me to talk about the epic game on Wednesday night and what a game that was. Barts, did you have fun at the game? Oh, it was phenomenal. Um yeah, I mean, I've been up this season already to Europa League, but to see a league game at uh, that intensity against the top side was just uh, was a different level. But it was it was a great great night, uh, great to spend time with Darth always. But to watch that performance was yeah, it was really kind of uh, brought me back title title season memories. You you were in the new stand as well, weren't you? Yeah, we were um, second tier, uh, just just sort of left of the sorry right of the goal. If you look at the goal, if you know what I mean, Annie Road End. Uh, we're right behind uh, Jota's uh, sort of finish and saw um, Bradley steam down the wing for most of the half, which was uh, an amazing sight, to be honest, uh, for a kid doing that. We'll come on to that. But yeah, it was a great, great night. Really good atmosphere. And yeah, from the stands anyway, the live feel, it was a real, um, I keep saying it, but it just, they were in title mode for that night. It was great. And Hamza, where did you watch? Uh, I watched on the dodgy stream uh, that kept cutting back to Steve Bowyer in the studio. Uh, oh Jesus! <laughs> did you did you do you pick up on the atmosphere as well? Uh, yeah. Uh, once once I tuned in, it, it, it sounded quite good. Um, but yeah, you said the laptop speakers. It wasn't uh, highest quality. But I, I rewatched it earlier though, and and it, it did sound quite good. Yeah. Is it is interesting because uh, from the ground sometimes you. Uh, you the, it's a perfectly nice atmosphere, uh, and at home it sounds horrendous. And then others, you it's a raucous atmosphere, and it it sounds like a raucous atmosphere on TV. So like it it I think it depends on um, the TV companies and where they placed their the mics, uh, their sound equipment. Yeah, and also I I I don't want to sound too conspiratorial when we're on a, a pod talking about a game with. Paul Tierney, but um, I, I think it, te- it depends on their mix. I think they can choose to, to make crowds and ends sound louder or quieter than others. But it, it's nice to hear that it was it was the as good an atmosphere as uh, it sounded on TV, Box. Oh, it was. And also, 
obviously Annie Road, you're right next to the Oppo fans, aren't you? So all game was, you can imagine the classic chant in between the two sets of fans, which probably from our perspective made it sound even more raucous, if you know what I mean, well, if you were in a completely home end, should we say. Yeah, and 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 it always helps when you get off to a good start, doesn't it? Oh, should we, yeah. Should we chat? Should we chat about the uh, the lineups? I don't know, like how we're going to do this because they usually chat to me about it. I'm not entirely sure it really matters. Uh, Hamza, do you do lineup? Uh, yeah, uh, Connor Bradley retains his place, uh, even though Trump was on the bench. Kanati Van Dijk centre back partnership. Gomez at left back. Sobberslai back in as well with McAllister and Jones. Uh, and then Jota, Nunez, Diaz, front three, Diaz off the left, Nunez for the middle, Jota on the right. I think we mentioned this before, uh, after the Bournemouth match, that uh, that's Diaz's best position on the left. That's probably Nunez's best position through the middle. And Jota is the most capable player of the three and filling in wherever and doing bits and bobs to connect the team uh, without losing too much of his game, uh, because that's probably not his favourite position, but he's still very good there. Uh, Chelsea makes sense. What? Sorry. What? Would you? Would you, boys, agree with me in that it depends on the skill set of the combination with a fullback and how we build through midfield as as opposed to the side? Yeah, I think I was going to come on to that in the latter game, but maybe looking at the Arsenal, I thought the way Bradley's going to overlap, I think helped us. Like helped. Uh, matches in with Jota, if that makes but sense. Yeah, yeah, it's much more similar to how Robbo would play down yeah, with yeah. Jota. Whereas Gomez was tucking in to allow Diaz to remain one v one with no overlapping player, if that makes yeah. sense. That's that's all I was all I was saying was is it does it seem would you think it would seem a little bit more familiar to Jota having a similar role just yeah. on the opposite side of the pitch than um, having Trent there when it's a very very different role. That's like, it's kind of people go left and right, and I and I often wonder if uh, if there are other implications that that cause impediment to how they play. It's the whole system thing, right? You talk about it all the time. There's there's different roles for the fullbacks depending on who's playing. You know, so if Trent's back in, then presumably the the left back skill set probably needs to be more of an overlapping uh, fullback, and then your left forward. One might be better be in a Jota type forward rather than a Diaz type forward, but you know we'll see. Makes sense. Sorry, Hamza. That's all right. Uh, I think it's a good point as well because uh, Jota of of that front three, he's the most likely to um, give combinations infield. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got him dropping in, it makes sense to have a bit more width from from Bradley and a bit more sort of directness and capability to drive up field rather than Trent coming in field. Uh, and it also allows Nunez to peel off into that that right half space zone, or even just outside the fullback. And there's an opportunity in the first half where Jota did that exactly, as and he came in, set up a combination, pass went forward to Nunez, and he got a shot off. It might have went wide, or might have been there, saved. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's our Liverpool setup. Uh, Chelsea had a number of sort of changes. Uh, Chilwell quick was the captain. Adeshile, Silver at centre-back, Dezazi at uh, right-back, uh, Caicedo and Fernandes in midfield with Gallagher, and then uh, Sterling, Palmer, Madueke, like uh, as the, the, the front three. Uh, what we did was quite interesting. We pressed like super high. Uh, Bradley was important to that, so he, he pushed up super high. Uh, Jota Nunez sort of set, set a front two. Uh, McAllister also joining the press, 
um, and Jones would often fill in in the middle. So obviously, because because Nunez is a central forward, but as Liverpool are pressing, he went to the right. Jota went. Uh, no, he went to the left. Jota went to the right. Jones moved into the middle, and then because Chelsea had that spare man, uh, Van Dijk would actually step up and go super sort of high as well. Uh, so it was a high press, uh, really high press whenever Chelsea sort of played out and it caused him a, uh, quite a few problems in the first half. But uh, do you have that, uh, the match summary? Yes, I do. Give me two seconds. Let me just load that up. So um, possession, I was just chatting pre-pub, it was surprisingly 50-50 came out. On board time, slightly different. I think we had 41 there, 36. Touches, relatively simple. Uh, total shots for Chelsea, four to our 28. Off target, one to our six off target. On target, three versus 14 for us. Uh, in terms of in the penalty box, they had two two shots in there. We had 15 in the penalty box. Outside the box, we had 13. They had two. Uh, one big chance to four. To us, that is. And obviously, 4-1. XG, um, 0.58 for Chelsea, and obviously they didn't get any penalties, so that's the same for non-penalty. Us, 2.78 XG, but 1.99 non-penalty. Um, in terms of post-shot, uh, 0.59 for Chelsea and 3.74 for us. And my EPV, which I know is slightly different to XT, they I had them at 0.7 and us at just over the 1 at 1.06. So conversion, they were below about 80% conversion of their EPV. For us, that we were over 250%. Uh, conversion. So, uh, pass success rate again around the 86 mark for both sides. Yeah, that's uh, just, in, I, I think that in the, the big um, bunch of listed uh, newer stats that we see these days, um, one of the keys in this to explain what happened, the difference between the possessions in this match fit, position was field tilt. That seventy-one percent for Liverpool, twenty-nine for Chelsea. We were in their box. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where the shot, you know, the volume of shots in their box, the type, you know, all of that. Uh, I think that demonstrates in that as well. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, the only thing to know as well, they actually uh, had more possession than us in two periods out of the fifteen minutes, uh, which was which was interesting. They they got up to nearly sixty percent possession between sixty-one and thirty-five, which is around the time they were we made the subs. I think. Um, and they were also above us for 90 plus, but it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, other than that, it was a fairly even possession wise across all the periods that came. So, I split up the game typically into quarters, and usually uh, the first one ends after 23 minutes, which, which was beautifully encapsulated by um, uh, a young Diogo Jota to end that period. It, um, from my perspective, it was total dominance. So uh, 214 touches to 154, we had 10 touches into the bo- in the box and they had one. Six shots in the box to zero. Uh, we had 145 final third touches. They had uh, they had eight in ours. Like, and uh, three of those were throw-ins. Yeah. This is as dominant a uh, first, first uh, 23 as you're going to get and capped by uh, Diogo being Diogo. Um, and and two previous shots from Darwin that were one was saved and one at, uh, saved at the bar, wasn't it? So you know, one and saved onto the post. Is that right? I think that's the right yeah. that period, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They, to, yeah. to begin to begin one of the main narratives of this game, if you're watching on TV, Darwin yeah. hitting the post, which yeah. the first one was actually not uh, not registered uh, no. uh, officially as a uh, hit in the post because it was saved onto yeah. the bar, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, from what I thought uh, is the story of the game, I don't know if you what what you uh, saw Hamza, but uh, we had seven switches in this game, and uh, five of them uh, resulted in within thirty seconds um, of a significant shot or chance at our way. I thought it was a key component to how we play, and if you listen to me weekly, you will hear me bang on about switches. And um, we played a great through ball from uh, was the first one for Darwin's. From Connor Bradley, yeah, I thought lovely through ball that the yeah. Darwin got some I don't know swizzle on, yeah, it, like the shot, the camera angle from behind Darwin, um, the ball fizzed all over the place. It was a hell of a save from the keeper. It, though I actually don't think it. I think it was going to hit the bar. The bar. I thought it was going to hit the bar straight on behind the keeper. To be honest with you, but it swerved like a motherfucker. Yeah, but then it might have gone in off the keeper. Yeah, yeah, it could have bounced back, bounced off the yeah. bar. Yeah, it was going to put thunder the bar yeah. rather than skim the top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so um, tactically, what what are your thoughts on that, Hamza, with the uh, the switches? Uh, yeah, uh, that that chance I mentioned earlier where Jota dropped in that came after a sequence of moving left to right. Uh, I think McAllister played the first switch out to the left, and then it came back in. Uh, so it wasn't just direct switches of play, but as in quick shuttling passes as well. That's why I said the 30 seconds, yeah. So yeah, by moving... From it, so in that example that I brought up earlier, uh, rather than often when you think about a switch, you overload one side, switch to the other, and then you attack that space because it's it's underloaded, right? Yeah. Uh, but this, mm. was, this chance I'm on about was side to side and then through the middle, just by shifting across very quickly, open up the spaces centrally, and then... Uh, uh, a, a pass forward in uh, towards the box, uh, and that speed to play forward was what I thought Chelsea struggled with the most, and that was part of the counter press as well. As soon as we won the ball back, it was a, an immediate move forward, and that caused all sorts of problems for them. But yeah, um, but I also thought the spacing as well in midfield was like really good for both the counter pressing and and these situations that you meant, mentioned with the switch, right? Uh, by having compactness and good spacing in midfield, if the team lost the ball, they're ready to counter-press. But at the same time, uh, the spaces for Chelsea were out wide and they couldn't play through the middle, so it went switch to switch. And lots of bodies in field to exchange around as they were stretched and exposed to spaces because um, it's all well and good. If you do a switch on the left side and you've got loads of bodies there, yeah, you can play around one or two players, but like they're not really that sort of stretch. It's not that dangerous. But if you stretch Chelsea infield by moving the ball side to side and then play around them, you now have a more direct sort of route towards goal. And I think that's what we did well. I don't know if you quite agree. No, it, absolutely. I I, I hmm. believe it's it's part of uh it's it's become very um part of the Kovacano's um group of of coaches that have the last five or or eight years maybe the the young Italian coaches um that it's is very much part of like their like Klopp is uh the gegenpressing and it's his theory it's his um I don't know principle thread of principle um that theirs comes about one of them is uh, is the switch and it's playing the through ball within three passes of that switch. So what they do is, as you explained, is they're trying to cause not just an overload. What they're trying to cause is the movement towards that. So they're going to switch out left. And as the defense moves across, 
that's when their two passes and then a three ball happens while they're moving laterally to catch up with the switch. It's not to catch them out with the switch, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Is is what we is I, I thought we we really excelled in using that. I think I think in the last maybe three or four games we've started to do it. The number of switches we have um, two years ago, it, we, were, we were playing like 15 or 17 a game and it dropped down to one this yeah. season. And in 2024, it's now up to six. So it's definitely coming back. There is, an, I think, I believe there's a definition change anyway, last season. So so uh, a fewer number of passes got, got labeled as a switch, but, but it definitely went down and it's definitely going up again. Uh, and, and something tactical is happening on purpose. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so, tell me about the goal. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Well, I was going to kick that off or... Uh, can do. I mean, it's it's a ball from Bradley. I can't remember where it comes from, but uh, Bradley gets a Jota who does the Jota thing. I've got just got bundles himself into the box and then just gets a finish off to finish it. But the Bradley ball in, I think it's from deep after a quick one too. I think and feeds into Jota. There was a turnover then, though first, though, right? Yeah, Bradley wins the ball off uh, Chilwell right into Sobers line, then then breaks. That's the one too, and then breaks, and then he's into Jota, and and Jota bundles himself round the round the player. I don't know what TNT were looking at or the VAR was looking at because I haven't seen that bit of the footage. But um, in the ground, there was quite a long VAR check on this one. At, at um, one point, at one point, Fletch, who is a dickhead, yeah, um, even he said, literally, quote, "They are trying to find something to rule this out here." Okay. Because there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. And if anything, there might have been a handball by the uh, Chelsea defender. Right. So if it hadn't gone in, then we'd have been right to claim for a penalty maybe. But Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I think it was actually out of the box, but yeah. Yeah. So it was just craziness. Um, Yeah. But he he finishes well in the end, doesn't he? Yeah, it's kind of like you always say, he is a bit linical like that. Literally, if he's got a little sniff of opportunity to get a shot off, he makes sure he gets a shot off and it's clinical. It doesn't matter whether it's power, side foot or anything, he just gets a shot off. And it, and it, and it rolled in, the keeper couldn't see it and get in. Uh, and it was, I think it was absolutely what we deserved for that period but of time. He's got a 33% uh, conversion rate this season. So he's running a bit hot. Yeah. Um, There's a few nice elements to it, I, I, I think. So the tackle itself, the return... Then the the drive forwards and as Bradley's running forwards, uh, Jota and Nunez do a little scissors motion, not like a really yeah. obvious one, but they cross over. Uh, Nunez draws a bit of attention. Jota slows his run, so if, if one's if one's sprinting and the other one's a bit slower, then obviously 
you're gonna have more Jota has a bit more space. Then he does his sort of uh, rhino impression and just breaks to the middle. But yeah, uh, yeah. a few moments, uh, and in particular, the, the pass from Bradley into Jota is a, is a bit more difficult than it might seem because he's running at speed and Kaiseido is trying to cover the angle, and he just uh, he gets it really nice uh, into Jota so you can control it, and then then offers a return as well. Uh, so yeah, a, a few nice little elements are there. Not not too sort of uh, special, but but nice little elements. I think. Do you think? Do you think there is a better game? to um, example Diogo Jota and Darwin Nunes and the qualities that they bring to a football match. Than this one? Yeah. Right now, probably not, because I think, they, as Hamza just said, their, their movement complemented each other really well. Well, in, in that, my point is that stylistically, they are very, very different. Yeah, And the things that they do differently, they did in this game in the most extreme way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I watched that get, I watched that back a couple of times because I thought exactly what Hamza was saying that, uh, that Darwin's run, um, created the gap and whether rightly or wrongly, um, this, I don't know who the center back is. Uh, it's not the Zazzy who was playing right back, wasn't it? How do you feel like? Yeah. He yeah. didn't go with him. Um, and so he didn't create any any room at all. He went to press um, Jota. Jota just managed to bundle the ball off him and it hit him on the chest and he went through, um, which is weird. It was a good run from Darwin. It's just that the defender didn't bother to track him at all. I was going to say, did you think, this is going back a bit, but in the first period of time, you know, we played a lot of balls over the top to Darwin. Yeah. It meant that they, they had to sit deep because they wanted to stop that, which then gave us a lot more space to play in front of them. Which then we then created a chance like this, which was in front of them. If that makes sense. Yeah. So the they, first they, five they, minutes we were pinning them back, and then the next five ten we were playing in front of them. They were trying to get out. Yeah. That's the thing that when I I think we excel in teams that even though they're not great, uh, but they are on. They are, I find uh, I don't know you you Hamza uh, following nationally. Uh, you you have to follow the t- these teams closer than I do, but. I think that they're on a journey towards being a dominant attacking team. That's the purpose. That's what Poch is trying to create. So it's almost like playing a slightly lower standard Champions League team because they're setting out to win. They're yeah. not setting out to kill the opposition with uh, bodies in spaces and staying inside the box and, and blocking shots. Do you know what I mean? So there's opportunity because they're create they're they're willing to risk space to attack and yeah. we just bludgeoned their that space that they left. First behind their two brilliant centre midfielders, and then which uh, I find is interesting. There's another interesting thread there. Um but then also behind the centre backs. The what what do you guys think? Because you both look at the opposition way more than I do. The knowing Connor, um his use in the team completely changed this season. Like, so he's pretty much been a 10 and then moved into an attacking eight for most of his career. And then early in the season, he was moved to the six behind Enzo. Um, and now he's been, Enzo's come back into the six and he's moved to a 10 again. Yeah. You remember the first match of the season that as in Gallagher was the subject of the press, right? And that first 30 minutes, he had a really tough time when, when, when we, when we pressed him, yep. Um, yeah, I I thought he, I 
you know him better than I do, so, but I don't think that moves helped him. I thought he wasn't. If you look at all the past maps, I know it's average and what his involvement, his colour in terms of his EPV, he's it's just not he's not integral to the team. Well, um, I, I I think we were brilliant. Yeah, I know, but even then, when they did get out, it didn't. He wasn't involved. That's because in that Alistair had one of the great games. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to stick up for Connor here. I just don't. No, I, no, no. I, I understand. Right in the middle saying. of the pitch, I think Connor. Uh, I think I think McAllister was absolutely brilliant. I think. Yeah, he was. Uh, CJ and Zobo, that that without anybody knowing, Klopp's just been proven right. That that's an incredible three. That oh, that, it's. I thought they rotated really well. I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, they really did. Zobo when, in the, 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 our goal came from McAllister breaking. Uh, yeah. yeah. From McAllister breaking from inside the six yard box and, exactly. and Zobo just dropping straight in behind him. And what they also enabled us to do is if the centre half hasn't got a wide pass or a switch, they fizz it into the eight who's playing back to goal. And then the eight just pops it off or plays around the corner. And, and Dom's touch for doing those, I just, you see it on TV, but it's when you're in the game, you see the spin and the ball and everything. It, it was just watching it from behind him. The ball was fizzed in from him, from Van Dijk or, or Canato, and he just takes one touch, pings it around the corner, and Jota's in or Diaz is in it. It's just that ability to offer another option from us playing out from the back, I think is something I hadn't seen and completely underrated, I think. We we focus too much on other stuff, but yeah. having the eights as a ball in from the back, rather than your nine, is a new element to our play, I think. Yeah, all all the while the opposite eight is getting in to be the nine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's offering that option, right? And then and we're both, also both of them are doing it. it back. Yeah, yeah, both, both of them are doing it. It's yeah. it's it's great. The system works really, yeah. really functionally, brilliantly right now. And you can see then when Trent tucks in, you've still got the security at the back, and you you're still overloading the half spaces in the end zone fourteen. It is a phenomenal tweak to our system. It really is. Yeah, um, sorry, it's a bit no, of a tangent there. No, just this is just because uh, to evidence a little bit more of uh, Jota is the of our four forwards. So I run uh, actions into the box. That that's all. Um, so this is just like t- uh, how we get the ball into the box and which players are doing it through dribbles or through passes. And he is our second highest attacker by by. So he is at uh, at three point oh one actions into the box per, per 90. Diaz is down at 2.08 and Darwin's at 2.39. Mo is at 4.49. So he is very obviously the guy that gets the ball into the box the most to help mm-hmm. him create. But second, Diogo is significantly higher than the others. So you like you need him to be yeah. that guy. And, and it's also gone up in the last four games as well. He has gone over five. Um, you got to you got to fill in where you fill in, haven't you? And and yeah. uh, take full advantage of both the opportunities that you've been given. But you know, time to sometimes uh, you need to know the moment that, that you need to try to expand what you're responsible for. Yeah, and, and I think Klopp spoke about the technical abilities that uh, he said the Portuguese players I think uh, have and their game intelligence, and that kind of feeds into that knowing that moment, knowing when to play. I think he's also going back to our fullback point. I think he's also flourished from having that type of fullback, that type of ball he's been getting uh, on the right side, uh, which has enabled him to get it in positions that maybe he's more used to doing rather than the left, where Gomez isn't, hasn't been giving him that that type of ball. But um, yeah, Klopp spoke a lot today and post match about his intelligence and that type of, of the game. Makes sense. 
Can you uh, talk us through the next goal, Hamza? We would we were kind of dominant, continued to be dominant again for the next uh, well fifteen minutes before before the goal. We had two hundred and fourteen touches. They, uh, they we had one hundred and eighty two touches, um, and they had one hundred and twelve twelve touches in the box to one, and we had four shots in the box to their zero. The fourth shot being from. Connor Bradley. Um, That's my motherfucker. Yeah, so uh, just a little bit of context is in the the, the press in this period was really really intense. There, there, there's there's even some moments where because in a few moments what Chelsea tried to do is put four v four at the back uh, 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 against Liverpool, right? So Palmer, Madueke, Sterling, and then Gallagher will sometimes push up to, for a four on four matchup. Uh, and there's a there's a moment just around five ten minutes before this the, before the goal, which is on the is in the 38th minute uh, where um, Enzo receives a ball and Canate jumps out. So he actually leaves the defensive line with three players against Chelsea's four. But uh, throughout the match, and it, it's not easy to see on the, on the broadcast feed because um, you only get a, a section of the, of the of the pitch, right? Um, but so like you have to pause and see who's missing to work out who's there. But Van Dijk and Canate both stepped out and were really, really aggressive and in supporting the midfield, uh, which helped McAllister. Uh, and, whoops, just turned my volume up. Um, but yeah, th- this goal comes from uh, a turnover deep. McAllister and Diaz both work together on the left side. Uh, then they take the quick throw. Uh, and then another turnover. I think Kaiseida goes to, to win the, the throw. McAllister receives it into Diaz. Diaz then plays it out wide. Uh, and because the throw was on the left side, Chelsea compacts uh, and trying to cover that side and the centre. So op- the op- opposite side is free. And that's where Bradley's just sprinted into. Uh, and he's got real sort of pace. And uh, the finish is fantastic. Uh, buried far corner, uh, superb. But yeah, what this comes from again is turnover on Liverpool's left side deep, get a throw in. Make the throw quickly and forward, turnover again from that loose touch, and then immediately moving it forward. Uh, so the counter press is just excellent here, uh, and realizing where the space is because Chelsea were able uh, 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 moved across to cover the throw because uh, they were attacking down their right. Yeah, uh, just a really, uh, really quick break. There's not too much you can do when a team plays this sharp on the break. Uh, Diaz just rides his challenge, plays it out wide, and the finish is excellent. Makes a ton of sense. Um, how good is Connor Bradley? But I, I, you know, you sort of try and hold back when you get as old as as you or I. You've seen it all before, right? And you kind of go, "Yeah, all right, we'll see how he gets on." And the last few games have been getting, but seeing him live, he's. I can't put. Honestly, this is probably a bit too high, but he does remind me of Gerard playing right back. He's so tenacious in a tackle. He can see a pass. The number of times he, he took a ball out of the air on his chest and rather than play a safe ball, he fizzes it in the front man or he drifts it over as a switch. He's already. I know you're saying that you can, you'll probably say that Kennedy players can do that, but it's just in his first pro big, big game, this is a top four clash and he just looks so composed, knew when to run, knew when to not. Um, and that goal for me showed everything. He was tenacious. 
he knew when to time his run. He, he got in position and he took his shot, which is what he's probably been coached to do. And then there was a bit later on in the game we'll come on to, but he's he's pulled out exactly in position and he's asking Van Dyke for the switch. He's asking the captain of our side to ping a ball 40 yards to him. We're having the confidence to go, yeah, I'll take that down, I'll, I'll attack and I'll drive. It, it was just... I cannot believe how good this kid is at such a young age. As I said, he, he reminds me a lot of, of watching. I saw Gerard making his debut and that. I just, yeah, very... No, he's not a Gerard player, but just that level of this kid looks ready for this game. Yeah, he uh, he he is he is better than I imagined. Uh, it's like... Yeah, he he has everything that I can see so far. I, people that listen um, to this regularly will understand I generally am uh, reticent to. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, yeah, designate young players as the second coming of Christ. Um, but uh, hell, Jesus! I mean, he had he had fourteen jewels in this game for a kid. I think mean, fifty percent win rate for a fullback isn't. It's not bad, you know. It's like, just. Unbelievable. And the number of times he got and he faced three different wingers, all different skill sets. So he had Sterling, Tricky, he had the other lad, I can't remember his name, apologies. And then he had uh, Mudrit right. later on in the game. He was a speedster, right? And he dealt with all of them. And he got his body in the way of the ball, turned, and then was able to play out or take a foul. And that, I thought, the most impressive thing I thought about his play was he knew when to take a hit and go down for a foul. Yeah. Well, statistically, being under pressure, it's a shame we don't have uh, currently have our pressing stats because this would have been a record. Using um, applying stats bombs versions of pressures to mm. ours, um, they they're usually off, but they're around they're fifteen percent up or down. Yeah, this game adjusted for minutes. The um, so it. When, when I saw their data, uh, I shared it in the group and Darth said um, that his uh, pressures in this game were 34, which would have been a record for a defender. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He only played 67 minutes. Yeah. Adjusted for a full game, it would have been 46, which would have been our third highest pressing in history. Yeah. It's... It's crazy. I mean, obviously, the caveat is stats bomb do it for the whole move, not an individual press. But you know, it is by the by. It's still a but within fifteen percent of hours. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm just, I'm just giving the, the the technical caveat for it. But he's a phenomenal. It was a phenomenal performance. It really was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to back up Hamza's point about the position centre halves. If you look at the zone map, viz, uh pretty much every zone is is obviously coordinated, but he's in the Chelsea half up to the first subs. It's like Van Dyke and Canate are slightly below halfway on average position, which shows you the, the support they were giving um, Mac in terms of blocking that lane up, as Hamza was saying. Any anything else in the uh, the the first half you want to discuss? Penalty. Seven, seven Darwin shots. <laughs> Darwin had seven shots in the first twenty six minutes. He had, at, at one point at one point he had seven shots from eight touches. Yeah. Which is remarkable. This is Harry Kane feats here. Yeah, I'm looking at his shot map now, but it's just <laughs> it's just a blob of circles. Um yeah, he's got the penalty on there as well, certainly uh, for minutes, but yeah. Oh, we'll which, the penalty. We probably should talk about that. Yeah. Forty two minutes, was it? Forty four minutes? Yeah. 
Lost well, it, to the it was back it post. was actually one of the things that you talked about before the game about uh, Diaz not really doing anything and uh, and the switch. It was another switch that the 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 penalty kind of came from. It broke back out from, and then we got a penalty. Uh, and then maybe uh, they knocks it back across. Virgil, yeah, 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 yeah. So was it a pen? I mean, from our side, obviously, any road the reverse side, it looked like the Pinock Chelsea player kicked him. Uh, still, but from the replay, I don't know. Probably one of those, isn't it? He stands on his foot. Um, he was down for a long time because we thought he might have to go off in the ground. And can I just can I just reinforce to my wife here? Really hurts when stud hits bone. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. What do you boy? I mean, you guys saw it on TV, so you would have had the the benefit of seeing the replay. What, did you think it was pen straight away? Hands yeah, yeah, I thought it was a pen. Uh, sorry, I, I thought I was on mute earlier. I forgot to say, uh, I thought um, on the New Year's point, I thought he must have thought Kepa was still playing the way he was shooting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, I thought it was a, the right call by the referee. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a... Re- I hate to say this, but in the first half, I had... Uh, if I didn't know, I'd have had no idea it was Paul Tierney who was refing. It yeah. was perfectly straight down the line... There was nothing contentious. Um, he wasn't allowing any twattery to go on. But in fairness, Chelsea weren't doing anything skullduggerous. Um, so they were, they were diving when they got the chance. By the way, we, Chil- we had got done for Con- Connor made a delightful dive into Virgil's hip. Yeah, um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but it's football. All football is cheap. No, no, I'm not. I, I'm not I just, yeah, I just yeah. didn't think it was that higher. Level of cheating going on in the first half. I thought it was a relatively for a big, um, big game. Yeah. yeah, top six team. I, uh, I didn't think it was that. I didn't no. think there were many big decisions to be given, other than the penalty, which I think he, it was very obvious and he got right. And had he not given it, the the VAR would have given it because he stood in his foot. Yeah, and I, and I think he got the other one right. Connor wasn't a penalty, so that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at no point did Connor have control of the ball. He was in midair by the time he was he was in midair and he was beyond forty five degrees by the time he made contact with Virgil's. Um, yeah, Virgil probably was a bit stupid, and if Connor hadn't have dived, I think it might have been a penalty. Not that the dive put him off, put the ref off. I think if he'd have carried on running, Virgil's mistake, which he made by by shifting his weight towards that side, yeah. would have would have impeded him, and then he would have caused a penalty. But you can't give a penalty for somebody that was already in midair when they made contact. No, hundred percent. Though, though Harry Kane would be on fifty goals fewer than he has. Yeah, but it wasn't as bad as Chilwell's dive. Oh um, God, Chilwell! Chilwell's a schmuck. Quickly, what do you guys think about the um, the Chilwell being captain? Does Pochettino just have a fetish for English lads? Uh, Hamza, uh, Silva's on the pitch. Yeah, uh, that, 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 that was a bit surprised. The, the whole mascot thing didn't really sort of reflect too well on him or the, the, the team. Nah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, he's and he got subbed. But... He got binned at half time. So. Yeah. Uh, he was injured. Was he? It's chill while he was always injured. Okay. Maybe still poor. So. Right, second half. What happened at half time? Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. 
and we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on eplindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. They... Go on. Go on, Andrew. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, they made a number of changes because uh, they were really struggling. Mother Wakey came off um, and Chilwell came off for Nkunku, who is uh, excellent. Uh, Mudrich and someone else came off as well. I'm just checking who. It was Gallagher who came off uh, for Malagusto. Well, no, Chilwell came off for Gusto and then Mudrich and Nkunku for Mother Wakey and uh, Gallagher. Uh, yeah, uh, Nkunku is really good, as in it. If if Chelsea had him all season, I imagine their their results just would have been uh, quite different. He's from the the RB school, so uh, he knows how to press. He knows how to counter press. He's strong. He's quick. He's nifty. He's technical. He can play as an inside forward. Can play as a forward, but I think this season he's going to play as a sort of nine as a supporting nine or a ten uh, rather than on the wing. Uh, just well, Pochettino said that because he needs to sort of build up his. Uh, his, his fitness, so he can sort of cope with um to playing on the wing. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, he's really good, but it didn't uh, matter too much because Liverpool scored scored their third before uh, Chelsea scored their first. However, there was a big chance just a few mm. minutes into the second half, the uh, the Mudric chance, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Virgil made a bit of an error down the left-hand side, didn't he? Yeah, that was the 51st minute, and I'm just getting it up here. I thought Verge overcommitted and meant that yeah. we had no cover. And then they uh, broke oh, and pulled it for Spox. Yeah, uh, so uh, they, they broke down the right side uh, as as Verge went over. Knotters tried to cover. Uh, Bradley tucked in, as he's meant to do, because Palmer's breaking down the middle. Uh, and this is one area where you, where you just notice that McAllister doesn't have the pace of, like, a... Of a really quick, well, he's not. He's not. He's not super quick. Uh, as uh, Palmer gets to pull away from him, uh, and yeah, the ball across is good, and Mudrich really should score because um, Allison's had to cover across the, the near side as the ball comes across. Bradley trying to cover in field, uh, and Mudrich has a decent amount. He's, he's got the pace, and he gets to the ball, and he just skies it. Yeah, if they score that, second uh, half could change quite a bit. Um, yeah, Liverpool were lucky there, and Chelsea. That, that's just. Uh, that's a theme for both this season and last season and the season before. They they really struggled to take their chances. You know, leading into their goal, I thought Nkunku had uh, just looking looking back at the game without uh, just from a mind's eye. I thought Nkunku had had uh, like a positive impact on the game at that point because I, I think he's a really good player. And then he scored, so um, I, I retrospectively thought he played really well. But uh, in fact, by the time we'd scored our third. He'd had one touch outside the box, outside his own box, um, and that was the final third. Uh, he he actually was a non-factor uh, until 
It, it, it was a backward pass just outside the centre circle on 61, uh, of which we broke from. So, um, the, yeah, they they had a little bit more possession that. So it was 167 to 158 for that uh, third quarter. Um, and they had two whole touches in the box uh, and even a shot at this point. So you can say that they were coming into it. Uh, obviously, one of those touches and one of those shots. And that shot was Mudrick's. We had uh, four. Um, obviously, that's 17 for Darwin um, and six touches in the box. Uh, we we were kind of comfortable in that. And I thought we were still we, we weren't hammering on the door or anything, but it was we we looked still in the ascendancy and then um and then we scored do you want to talk us through the uh, the lovely goal Bart? this is the one with the vvd switch out to bradley isn't it this so is we, the one yeah so we sort of do a lot of short passing on the left that's right isn't it yeah, yeah. and then bradley enables bradley to get high and wide and then he literally tells vvd give me the ball and vvd pings a lovely switch out to him bradley takes one touch uh Burns off whoever was in, I can't remember, and then delivers a lovely cross onto Dom's head with Darwin coming in as well. So it was a, a beautiful ball in, um, just just what you want from someone arriving. And, and Dom, again, proving one of our earlier points of one of the eights facing out for a ball and the other one making a run in the box. And this was Dom's uh, t- turn, turn to go in the box and scores with a lovely header to make it 3-0. Um, I, th- I thought, apart from that error from BBD for the previous championship we talked about, we still look comfortable. We've just gone off from being hyper-pressing to a bit of containing mode, if you get what I mean, to come out and contained. Um, but yeah, what did you boys think about Chelsea changing system, second half? Did you, did you, because we thought in the ground they'd gone three at the back. Hamza? Oh, uh, one second. I'm, I'm still just trying to scrub the, the my, my. Because on the average position, it's, it's a one, two. Rather than first half, Concedo and Enzo are next to each other. Second no, so, half, so, so what happened? The, uh, Barry Ashvili went left back and uh, Gusto went right back. Mm. Where uh, So Gusto came off to Chilwell and then, and then went right back and uh, Palmer dropped into a 10 behind Nkunku. Yeah, but I think they pushed Enzo further up. Or oh, he's, he's average position's higher in the second half. He just had the ball yeah. more. He just had yeah, the ball probably. yeah, he was still he was still sitting to the left of uh, Caicedo, and we were phenomenal at at cutting off what happened, what Caicedo's options were. Yeah, we yeah, were absolutely forcing him backwards, and and I, I think there were probably forty minutes in that game where his head was spinning on like a plate. Yeah. If you look at the passes he could actually pull off on the pass map, he literally can only pass to Endo or the uh, or Silver. He's, the, the other links are all even non-existent or low if you get what I mean so his options were basically go back to the centre half or find uh, Enzo that's it we cut everything else off uh, which was lovely uh, isolation of him and then he gets hooked doesn't he so yeah I'm not sure it's working um, no. but do, do you remember the last time uh, one of our midfielders scored a header uh, have you got it well, I, I've looked and Curtis. the last one I can find, I know, so I know the last one I can find, but I'm not definitive that it was the last time. It's Curtis, not a fact. Oh, you say Curtis. Last week, yeah. Oh, in the Premier League? Uh, in the Premier League? Uh, no, I I'll don't. Go, I'm going to go Fab. An away game somewhere. Like Brad Burnley, maybe? Ah, oh, maybe. 
it's not registered in my system as a head. You know, like I can think of was were, the last one I could find in my in my data was uh, Vanaldum. No, I, I, away at Burnley rings a bell. Like two one, maybe Fab scores a header or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I it's the cream kit. If you know what I mean. This. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Two seasons. Ago. Yeah, last, might have been last season. No, I don't think it was last season. Yeah, so but it was a while anyway. Yeah, a while ago. We're, yeah, we're talking. We're talking a good while before, before, since one of our eights has got in the box in open play for a header, and also not from a set play. But yeah, that's what I mean. That yeah, yeah. One was from a set play. I think yeah, this is yeah, open yeah, play. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, yeah, with those parameters, I think I'm right. It was a uh, city. Uh, uh, when from city. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. So this is just the this is just the function of our system working well now, doing this thing, um, and doing it really well. Um, and actually, Hams is just evidence exactly what we've spoken about. As in in the previous game, the left eight went in the box and scored yeah. from a header. Yeah. So it's it's that 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 rotation is happening all the time between the two of them, and brilliant. It's getting opportunities. It's good. Yeah, so we, we we've got we've got two with two forwards in between the posts. One's an eight, and one's whichever of the uh, the left and centre forward that are still in there. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, right. What happened after we so we went three up, and then. At that nice point, four chubs, subs, four subs. Yeah, at that point, uh, clock went right. Well, we usually do it around sixty-seven. I I have uh, fifteen games where we've made subs at sixty-seven or sixty-eight, and yeah. like, and when there are multiple, it crosses both of those anyway. So this is definitely part of the the um, strategy to to uh, modify load. And given who was on our bench, there's a bunch of lads that needed to come on to get more and more minutes in their legs to build up um, where they're at. So we got, Robbo got 40 minutes in the previous game. Um, He got 37 in this game, if you add in the the whole times. Mm -hmm. So... um, yeah, with, with Robbo and Trent and uh, Cody and Harvey came on. I want to talk about those two uh, uh, in a second. But what what happened after uh, to our system? Well, in terms uh, of Harvey went to the, the right, and uh, I, I think it actually pertains to the goal. So I'll, I'll just run through it because. Uh, he goes to the right. Uh, Diaz is obviously wide of him, but um, but when it comes to this, he, uh, the goal, right? So Enzo receives the ball just on the edge of the middle third in, in Liverpool's half, and Harvey does what you put what was probably you guys termed as a Lalana press. He sort of jumps out, bursts, tries to from the right eight, uh, tries to follow uh, the pass and. Palmer just runs across him, feeds it into uh, Badiashile. Uh, and then they've got Charlie Chukwu- uh, Carly Chukwameka, who they signed, who Chelsea signed from Villa. A uh, good player. He's just been injured a lot, uh, but really sort of highly sort of touted for a long time. Uh, he's been injured a lot recently, sorry. Uh, anyway, Badiashile gets the ball and Harvey's out of position because he's been covering. He's, he's the right eight, but he's moved all the way across the left and then followed the ball all the way around. Diaz is trying to cover the pass into the left to Mudrick on the left wing. Badashile is left with a really easy pass in field uh, to where Harvey should have been. 
and then Chukameka drives forward on that left side to pass into Okunku, and then he does his very nice sort of uh, close control and finish. Uh, but yeah, uh, Harvey went onto the right eight, and that probably wasn't uh, his finest moment there. Yeah, so they they scored what three minutes after changes. There, uh, three minutes after changes, and um, it makes sense what you're saying about Harvey being Lalana in that point. I'm not sure Harvey was actually wrong because whoever loses the ball has to go get it, and we have to fill the shape in behind that. So, but in this circumstance, given that uh, timing. The, uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they just hadn't got their heads screwed on properly to yeah. to notice who was going where and fill in and and also how Trent plays. I think probably the the right eight leaving that side of the pitch when Trent is playing right back and moving in midfield at any possible moment he can. I think is probably that 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 the aggression to do that would be turned down about ten notches i'd imagine so yeah and it caused what it caused and um unkunku's lovely finish what can you say yeah i i think you're right so for that period of time in the ground it it looked like we just hadn't got ourselves sorted out we've basically changed we'd gone from the left back not doing the overlaps to the left back doing the overlaps and the right back doing the tucking in we swapped the we swapped the entire right side and it was just for that, I think it was six, seven minutes in the end. It was 67 to, to about probably 70, 75, 78. We, we just hadn't worked out how that was going to work. And to be honest, if Chelsea had been a bit smarter, their second penalty shout is in there as well. That could have been an interesting end to the game. But um, what, what, what do you think of the pen? The potential penalty shout? What, the one with VVD? I think if the guy doesn't do the dive he does, I think that's pen. Because VVD does kick him in the back, like he does kick his leg if you like. But because the dive is the wrong way, I think the ref just goes, "What are you doing? That's that's clearly a clearly a dive." If you get what I mean? Yeah. So if he'd actually just fallen over normally, I think it gets good personally. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Hamza? Uh, I didn't miss too much in it uh, when I watched it. I, I didn't have any sound on, so I don't know what the commentators were saying or whatever. Uh, and I've still got their sound on now when I, when I watch it back. So yeah, uh, I, I, honestly, I, I, I didn't feel like there was too much in it. And I always think that the threshold for a penalty should should be higher, whether that is applied or not. Like, well, that, that isn't applied by referees, but as in 
I don't think that should be a penalty. Um, have they been given? Yeah, but like, those are penalties that shouldn't be penalties aren't given, and those penalties that should be penalties are uh, like, yeah. Uh, I, I personally, I didn't see too much in it, but um, a lot of other people did. Yeah, it certainly did. Yeah, I, it, which I found really weird because the reaction was like some that Virgil punched somebody in the face, um, and it was one of those moments in a game that. There, there might have been five other moments in that game where there was more contact on a player inside the box. It was, yeah. there was definitely contact. Is it a foul? I really don't think it was. But the thing that, I think I what don't happens get... is people throw themselves to the floor and they, and it yeah. happens to have been called that given a penalty this season, probably 10 times. Yeah. And the thing, the thing I don't agree with with the comms is whether we, we can, whether it's penalty or not, we can, you know, the cows come out, right? You know, it's been given, it hasn't been given, we all seen them given. But there was, after that period of time, as I said, and we got ourselves back set again, there was no way Chelsea were getting back in the game. No, but you also, you also, it's not like you can't uh, impose the law of preceded outcome. The, no, no, no. Yeah, true, 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 true. That a penalty, what a penalty. Given that a penalty might ne- not have been scored anyway, but yeah. had there been a penalty, it changes for at least uh, for at least the next two minutes. Yeah, the, the psychology of the game. Yeah. So it stuff does change. The psychology of the crowd would have changed for sure, and perhaps. But we've seen our players as these are full on the mentality monsters all over again. Yeah. I don't think even if we went three two, I don't think we collapse. I don't think Chelsea have the balls. No, that's what to, I mean. To, to stamp on our throats. No, and we proved that a few minutes later, which went up the other end and scored. It's just exactly. Do you want to talk us through that goal? I've just got to find it in notes actually. Uh, did you did you eulogise that goal? Uh, yeah, the Diaz one. Oh yeah. Oh, this was wicked. Uh, to be fair, exactly. To be fair, Liverpool also, like, seconds after that penalty thing, also hit the crossbar with Nunez when uh, yeah. Kepa came on and Robertson uh, clipped the ball back uh, for the header. But, yeah, this is wicked. This goal as well, every player, every... Touches the ball. Touches the ball, yeah. This is wonderful. From back to front, you see movement in and out. Uh, good ball speed, the spread of play from Canate. Good interchanging, sort of... Uh, Building sort of pressure on the left side, uh, pulling them across, and then like that, that's a, that sort of like switch stuff we mentioned earlier, right? Canate. Then there's the interplay uh, on the left. Chelsea been pulled over. Matt turns, uh, receives the ball, and turns, and the pass is excellent as well. It takes out, well, it it bisects three different players. Uh, and gets all the way through them. Nunez wins his challenge, and the uh, the uh, the cross is superb. And then Diaz is there uh, in the middle, so he, he's rotated nicely. He, um, but yeah, this is superb play. Uh, the speed. The the other day, uh, Iraola mentioned like when Liverpool, when you play that sort of way, when each pass is crisp and clean, uh, and you're spaced out well, and you pull your opponent from side to side, there's not actually too much you can do there. And this is just excellent uh, football. The, the pass from McAllister is gorgeous. And then the ball across goal. The, the, the fullback maybe probably like, should try and do a bit better, but that's like the focus should actually be on everything that preceded that. Um, yeah, it's, it's superb. Brilliant. 
Brilliant move. Anyone looks at the Viz, it's the uh, green trace in the 76 to 90 plot on my Viz for 15 plus passive. So, if you'll put that boring. But yeah, it was a great move. Absolutely phenomenal move. Uh, so we had 21 passes. We had the ball for 47 seconds. Every player on the pitch touched it before Diaz finished. Like, that's a true Liverpool bullying Chelsea goal. Goal of the highest quality. Um, and all the players did the awesome thing that they are good at. And uh, a brilliant pass from McAllister. Darwin is phenomenal when he's not thinking and he puts a ball in the box like that. Yeah. He's like, I, I remember Shearer had a brilliant cross on him. And yeah. he, he used to be like, yeah, this is how I want the ball crossed to me. I was going to say, it's because forward to know whether they want the ball to receive the ball, don't they? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it looked like he played um, he played the ball in for, for Diaz. I actually think he just put the ball into the best area. Yeah. That's exactly where it is because Diaz had to make a ton of ground up to get in there. Yeah. After the pass was pass was made, so uh, it was just it was totally made from Darwin. It was uh, that moment. It was brilliant. And Darwin Diaz has done that run before, right? Chelsea at Stamford Bridge was that not a similar kind of run? He's done it at various grounds. He's peered at the back post and topped it in. And yeah, put it's, in a it's a big part of the role of his. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, playing there, so it was great. That goal is a great way to finish the four-one. That goal's a sign of Liverpool at like the best. I mean, I remember in the uh, 18-19 season, the, there was the goal that Liverpool scored at City and the one that was played off the line. Both of those were like amazing, sustained, fluid passing moves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Including switches. And it's just uh, a demonstration of a team that's performing near their best. Uh, in terms of team goals by Liverpool, well, that's got to be up there top, top five, I think. For this version of Liverpool, I think you're probably right. Yeah, we've done was, one previously. In that, in that great season, we had uh, Naby got one against Bournemouth, I think, and it was thirty-two passes in that move. Everyone touched the ball outside the foot finish. Yeah, yeah. But you got to take into account the opposition, so that was better because Bournemouth are better than obviously Chelsea. And um, you, I don't think you could beat the City away goal. No, 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 no. That's got to be as, as team goals go. That's the best I've ever seen. Yeah, but. Even, that being said, I would probably sign up for Mo to, uh, for Ali to Mo against Man United. That's, that's plenty, <laughs> plenty of team involved for my liking. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true story. That's unbelievable. Um, right, I, I delve into a couple of quick things because I want to. I want to end in a couple of minutes. Um, the the usage of the subs because I think the subs they play different roles depending on the games. And Harvey gets stick. We give him stick. Um, and I think justified in a lot of cases. Um, but his role is he, the things he does when he comes on a sob are different. Um, and in this game, as as in other games where we've been up in, it's basically to to retain possession, do nothing stupid, fill the right holes, have high possession control, um, and a little bit of Gakpo in there. The the Harvey had a possession control. PC 90 of 19. So he had, he, he had a possession control of six and, and he, and he played 27 minutes. Jeez. And for a midfielder, that's Tiago level of possession control. Um, he literally made every pass 
Um, or oh, eighteen out of eighteen, and then he went and and recovered the ball eight uh, uh, six times in this game and won his only tackle. Um, it's yeah, I, I I think he's there. He does a really nice job, um, dependent on the situation, and he can tailor his game to. I, I think he's obviously got limitations in his game, but he can change tactically what he is, how he solves problems. And I think Klopp is using him to solve tactical situations. Yeah, he helps. He's helps maintain possession high when we need it. Exactly, because he operates in the half space, doesn't he? So if if he operates in that half space, maintains possession, we can then adapt our tactics to get up to him, maybe and break that kind of thing when we're ahead. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. So, is uh, my my feeling is that um, we we used to talk about how we would gag and press from losing the ball by playing the ball above Bobby's head. Yeah, we would play a long ball above Bobby's head, and then we were already ready to pounce for the second ball. That's how we gag and press. We gag and press by creating a very structured foundation and then make an an expansive pass in a specific direction, knowing that we might lose possession because we're already there to get it back. And it it makes the the opposition unstable because they suddenly go, oh, toy. And in that panic, that's when we can break behind them. Um, And I think, I wonder, I pose to you, at the end of the game, Harvey's doing the opposite. We're no longer trying to create that risk he's put Harvey there in this area of the pitch we're we're doing the bit before we might lose possession we don't want to risk losing possession in this pitch any uh, in this area of the pitch anymore yeah but you know it'd be really interesting to see how many times he's come on and who the player's been playing as the right winger what I'm saying by that is so Diaz was clearly coming back to help out. Do you know what I mean? If, he, if Diaz is coming to help defensively, you can leave Harvey up to hold possession, then Diaz can catch up and take on the break, right? Yeah. I, I don't think Harvey's staying high up the pitch. I don't no, think when, when no, the opposition, he's coming back, he's working hard. He's in, he's, yeah, yeah, he's he, he was back. actually, he's in, he's in line with McAllister for most of the, uh, most, of, most of his yeah, appearance. Yeah. It's just that when you've got fixed possession, he's taking no risks. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Nice, fair. We've probably talked about this plenty. Is there anything else you would, you boys would like to discuss? Uh, on this or Arsenal? Uh, are we previewing Arsenal? We can do a bit. Sure. If you, if you would like to continue for a, for a further 10 minutes, I, I would quickly like to point out that we, on the last 10, the last 19, um, and the last 20, uh, 20, no, 32 games now, going back to the moment we changed tactical formations, we are the best team in the league uh, in terms of points per game, in terms of XG difference. So our projected points go to 88. City are on projected for 84. Um, this game just confirmed my belief that we're going to win this league. You, you may now tell us how we're going to beat Arsenal. Um, I was actually going to f- focus on Arsenal set pieces and the threat that they pose because um, the goal that they scored against us in last month uh, or was it December uh, was uh, a set piece and they actually have 38% of their goals if you strip out penalties and own goals uh, from set pieces this season and around 20% of their XG uh, also, if you strip out penalties and, uh, and own goals 
from set pieces. They are the league's um, set piece specialists. Uh, so uh, what are they doing? Well, last season they played around a fifth of their corners short uh, and targeted the front post a lot with their corners. And they do something that's the opposite of Liverpool. They always attempt in-swinging corners and Liverpool almost always attempt out-swinging corners. Uh, the thing with in-swinging corners is that you are less likely to get a shot away compared to an out-swinging corner because, of course, for an out-swinging corner, the ball's coming on to you as an attacker and it's a bit easier to, to head it towards goal. Uh, however, on average, the XG of an in-swinging corner is higher than an out-swinging corner and what they often look to do is win that first contact and get uh, the second contact at the back post. Nothing particularly groundbreaking there. Uh, so this season, uh, if you imagine the six-yard box and divvy it up into three sections, uh, last season, 18% of all their corners went to that front zone. This season, it's 29%, so an 11 percentage point increase. Uh, and they also, every now and then, go to the back post. Uh, what they do is they position their defenders in the, the, the uh, on the blind side. So imagine you've got a corner... Uh, let's say Arsenal have a corner from uh, Liverpool's right side and a right-footed player is going to take it. Let's say Declan Rice. He's taking the corner and Saliba, Gabriel and maybe Havertz, they will stand at the back post and then they will stand even further behind that. Uh, there'll be three, maybe even four of them all sort of loitering there on in the blind side. Uh and because most teams sort of defend only or with a hybrid, uh, they know those players are there, but they're not quite sort of sure. Well, they don't want to go to them. The reason being is if you're in, if you're defending zonally, uh, and you're positioned on the six yard box, there is no way you're ever going to leave that area to go and mark people that are outside in, in the back post zone, like beyond the posts, because where you are is the most important area. Uh, but just as the kicker is about to take the corner, uh, these players, they sort of rush in. And they, well, there's two things that they do. They have players that are positioned as blockers to block the goalkeeper uh, and stop them claiming the ball. Uh, so not in a sort of mega illegal way. They'll just stand in the middle of the six-yard box and maybe just in front towards the near post to stop uh, a goalkeeper being able to occupy that position and claim cleanly. And what they'll also do is use those players in the back post zone to flood forward, create a bit of chaos. Often you might see someone like Havertz or Declan Rice actually run round the goalkeeper and then run towards the front post zone between like the the front post uh, the, the edge of the six yard box man and the front post man. Uh, and then they'll try and seal in ahead of there. And the other centre backs will just sort of like the other players, sorry, will just um rush in and just try and make themselves a nuisance. Uh, so that's usually how they uh, cause a lot of trouble in the box. They have a few different variations of this. Every now and then they do sort of go a bit, they try and mix it up. So uh, there's a few like sort of short corner routines that they do where they'll uh, swap positions and try and work a shot on the edge of the box. They very, very, very rarely have any shots like between the six yard box line and the 18 yard box line. Almost everything is at like the front post or at the back post after they get a knock on. Uh, yeah, they're, they're quite good at this. Um, Jova has uh, their set piece coach has been tweaking this sort of stuff. And if you look at their goals per 100 corner rate, they're on 5.75. And for context, the league average is 3.77. And ever since this coach came in, 
they've been well above the league average. So yeah, uh, they are very good, especially at corners. Um, yeah, and that's how they'll probably sort of target Liverpool tomorrow uh, because they don't really create too much in open play. Uh, yeah, um, that, that, that's about that from uh, the sort of opposition scatter report side. Nice. I, I would like to add the context of um, we were by far the most dominant team in the league last season from set pieces. They Their shots, uh, their XG value per shot from a corner is point. Uh, nine eight point zero nine eight as is point zero nine one. I think there's with, with low, relatively low sample size of uh, not actually that many goals scored. Um, that are uh, so they've scored ten from corners and we've only scored four. We have Virgil who keeps missing. Uh, that Virgil's missed nine big chances this season. Uh, stop hanging out with Darwin, Virgil, and we would have been <laughs> top. We'd have been top of the fucking set piece league. So I, I appreciate the the tactical insight of how they do it from your perspective. I think is brilliant. I'm not worried about like I don't think that they are they are geniuses. That's my feeling. I think they're running a little bit hot. We're running a little bit cold, and we're still very 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 similar. They have good set piece oppression. Uh, I'll give them that as well. Uh, the amount of shots they've conceded from set pieces is either still the best in the league or second best. And again, that's just to do with uh, blockers. Um, they get away with it. Yeah. yeah. So on the Arsenal, any worries in terms of players still better than that load or is everyone good to start? Uh, the fatigue index says... Let me just get it back up. Um, we have who's red? Ali Zobo. That's it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm it's on a Tiago. Oh, sorry. How exciting is that? I just yeah. said my, my my son saw the clip and then I watched it and oh my god! You know when you when you're doing English at school and you have to learn Macbeth or any of that garbage that no one that no one actually likes. It's like it's like when I was when I was at college, people used to pretend to like the Doors and Rolling Stones <laughs> just because you're cool. And and I'm fairly sure teachers pretend to like Shakespeare. It's not real. Tiago is real. Yeah, that second finish. Oh. That is the thing that they keep telling us Shakespeare is or poetry. It's fucking Tiago. Yeah. Give him whatever money you like. I will happily watch him get out of his wheelchair and do a couple <laughs> of and sit back down again at 85. God, what a footballer. Get him on the pitch. Just get him on the pitch. If, if he, uh, we said before Christmas, if he plays 10 games, we win the league. Yeah, well, I think we win the league. I think if he plays ten games, we, we get ninety five points. Well, he's due. I think someone said today Burnley is the target. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh no, Burnley are a bunch of patsies these days, aren't they? Yeah. Well, that's like so. That'll be fourteen to play, fifteen to play. Yeah. Burnley. Yeah. And how, how do you think it'll be managed then? Uh, Sign just oh, like... it'll be played. It'll just get once he's once they built up his uh, his training load, he'll just. I, 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 my guess is they'll do what they've done with him before and try to keep try to keep him at about 110 minutes a week. But we we probably can keep him slightly less than 90 a week and and rock and roll with him, just playing once a week. 
I'd say it was CJ. Yeah. Uh, you, you think he'll play higher up then? Uh, I think he'll play as the... I think we'll play with a... He'll play as the six and Mac will go higher. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Just, you've got- yeah, they're just such good footballers. Mac, and I love CJ, but Jesus Christ, Mac, Thiago and Zobo. That might be the greatest midfield to ever play for Liverpool. Yeah, and we've got some decent sides on the run-in to uh, play that in, you know? It's, oh, yeah. God, it's so exciting. The whole thing is so exciting. It feels like... I know it... it it can't feel like 18, 19, 19, 20 because we were on such a good run at the time and it had been building for so long, but it it feels like um, 13, 14 all over again. And we have finishers now. I don't mean finishers as in the thing that Darwin can't do. I mean finishers as in players that are proven they can get it over the line. Yeah, it's like you're trying not to get too carried away, right? Because we're all trying to be realistic, but equally... everyone's got that feeling, right? I I, I don't have any time for being realistic. I just want to have the fun of it all. Dream. (laughs) Dream. That's that's what football's about as well, isn't it? You've got to dream the dream. Got to dream the dream. Yeah. So, anything else, boys? Nothing from me. Nothing from me, mate. Dream the dream. Tremendous. Um, So, come on, Arsenal. Uh, My captain is a big fan of Arsenal and uh, she's actually going to the game and I will mock her incessantly throughout. Come on, you Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.